what can I say? What can I say? Phoenix Suns basketball is back. And boy, what a roller coaster of emotions the opening game against the Dallas Mavericks was. This team was down by 22 points in the first half. Looked lost. Couldn't, couldn't get anything together. Slowly but surely, they, they put it together. You know, for atonement, as Mark Jones said. They had one more quarter for atonement. And as I bring in Matthew, my co-host, who's wearing the same hat. We, we coordinated this. Oh, oh your you valley hat, man. You wore yours yesterday, so I was like, maybe I can wear mine tonight. But, oh, well, we never noticed till we get on. So Yeah, yeah. What a game, man. Oh, amazing. Um, You know, it's, you th- you, like you said, 22 points. It's kind of like, you know, the Mavericks were the running back, getting that first down every third down. You just couldn't stop. It seemed like it was going to be that way. But you know what? Dude, mentally, this was huge for the Suns. You know, win or lose, I guess you can say it's the only first game, but, dude, getting this win, it's big mentally, I think, for the Suns going forward and for their momentum heading into the season. I think this is a big win for the Suns. It's huge because it it literally was a tale of two halves and a team that was distraught, defeated, and just outplayed in the first half that reminded us of the last time we saw this team playing a game against these Dallas Mavericks. And the second half turnaround was just absolutely incredible. Uh, there's a lot of different storylines to discuss. There's a lot of, you know, how's Cameron Johnson? He got injured. That opened oh. the door for Damian Lee, who ended up being, you know, the the guy in this game. And, yeah, I mean, that's so much to talk about. And so, so you know, first and foremost, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. For some of you, it might have been a while. You might not have watched this podcast since the last time the Suns played the Dallas Mavericks back in May. You might have just go, you know what, I'll, I'll deal with those jamsters. I'll be a jamster again when the Suns play again. If this is your first time ever watching the Suns Jam Session podcast, welcome. My name's John. His name's Matthew. John and Matthew. That spells jam. So that's literally how we came <laughs> up with the name. So uh, we, get, we go live after every Phoenix Suns game. We talk about what we saw, good, bad, or indifferent. We're Suns fans, so you're always going to get the point of view of you know, kind of a couple guys who see it from Suns fans' points of view. Which again, good that that could be good, bad, or indifferent, but it's real. It's it, it's who we are. This is the team we love. Uh, even on nights where they take you through emotional roller coasters, to where I mean, I, I I was I was losing my mind. I'm like, fuck, game one. Oh, I mean, it just I mean, it's like the background just changes out of nowhere. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, Matthew, you want to tell anybody anything before we we drop the the, the the whatever you know Talk what no time. just welcome to a new year this is going to be a great year i can just tell by this game the way they ended this is going to be Ooh. a great year at the beginning it was going to be a sucky year i thought we we're going to have two watchers tonight but thanks everybody for being here again for our third year this is crazy man seemed just like yesterday yeah we were born, third, dude. Third, third third year <laughs> of doing uh post game podcasts it's fourth or fifth yeah. year fourth year doing the pod fourth year doing the pod yeah fourth year doing the pod yep uh yeah so a lot to talk about. Matthew, you got to be cracking open a beer. It's the first game of the dude, season, man. You can't. I have one in my fridge, and I totally forgot to grab it, dude. So what I need you to do is go grab that beer, because I'm not popping I'm it without you. It. Go grab it. I'll talk. So this is a reminder. If this if this is your first time watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button down below. It helps with the analytics. It lets everybody know where you're hanging out to enjoy the post game podcast where you want to get together with your fellow pot, your fellow jamsters and talk about the game firing off live in the chat. We love to see that. Make sure you subscribe rate and review. If you're listening to this podcast, go to Apple and hit the five star and then write a review. We'll actually read it right here on the pod. 
And if you're on Spotify, you can give us five stars as well. So, Matthew, I think it's time for us to pop a beer. You got the Coors Banquet? I got one left over. Uh, so about two right. months old. There you go. It'll do, though. You're like, I haven't had this beer. I was going to pop this beer open in game one of the Western Conference Finals, and I never got a chance to. Well, <laughs> we can pop it tonight, Suns fans. Pop them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. Ah, oh, yeah. And uh, how about some music from our friends from Pearl Jam? One hundred seven, one hundred five. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Dallas Mavericks to open the season one and zero, which always brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I have so many questions I got to ask. Like I don't even know where to start. So I guess I'll start <laughs> with the simplest thing. What do you think of those uniforms tonight? Oh, you know what? Honestly, I didn't like them. I didn't really. Like them yeah, you know, I liked them when um, they had media day. They looked really, really good. They're fine, but then I just thought they were going to have their own court with it. Nothing like a Utah Jazz old court, but something that actually matches the uniforms to go along with it. I didn't like them on that court, man. I have to admit, it just didn't really vibe with me that much. Wow. My bad. It's Sorry, okay. Dude. I mean, Long John Silver, one of our elite jamsters who's watching along mm, nice. live again. If you want to become an elite jamster, simply hit the join button. You get some exclusive content and a free pass to jamsterdam.com. Uh, he didn't like it either. You know, um, Thomas Danette, good to see you back in the chat. Loved him winning. Uh, Landon, uniforms are fire. I no long, longer like Matthew's takes. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to be the worst take. Trust me. We're in mid-season form already. I loved them. I think they looked fantastic. I think like when they're even standing on the court, and even when you see them from behind, because they got the gradient on them, I I thought they were just really nice looking. So I just I had to get a simple question out of the way. You know, where should we start? I think we should start with. uh, I don't want to start at the beginning. We'll get to the beginning. There's a lot there, but we got to give props. To the player of the game. Well, we'll do the jam star later, but somebody who definitely made an impact mm-hmm. on tonight's game. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Damien Lee, welcome to the Phoenix Suns. His first game playing with the team. He played a total of 19 minutes and 46 seconds. He was four of eight from the field, three of five from beyond the arc. He had 11 points. He had two assists, but he had two massive threes and then a falling away on the <laughs> right baseline jumper that ultimately was the game winner when you woke up this morning did you think that the first drop we'd be playing on the sun's jam session podcast would be damian lee's new drop no i thought we would do what we always do which is do the eight and watch but i'm glad we started with this guy lee is like he's he's insane when he shot that two-pointer falling away did you think it was i thought it was gonna go in i thought as ugly as it looked i'm like this is gonna go in he's like kind of like that guy he's like a better version not the same size, but a better version of like what Kelly Uber used to do. Always hit these big shots for the Suns. Mm-hmm. He's a crowd whore, which is amazing. Like usually you have People your fan favorite, you have your fan favorite all the time. Like it's probably gonna be Jock, but the crowd whore, the guy that gets everyone going towards the end of the game when no one else is really hitting anything, and like you know they're double teaming book. That's Lee. Lee's gonna be the guy to come through, and he looked just so comfortable in the moment, man. It is awesome to have that guy 
kind of Clarkson-esque, a little bit coming off the bench, man, where he's going to give you those points. And we need it from somebody. So that's one. That's one guy that's going to help us in the future. Well, you know, and I think, you know, you take a look at kind of the way that the game was developing and how we really had a hard time with our bench unit, right? The bench unit was just not playing well, especially in that first half. I mean, I think they had, I think almost through three quarters, they were like, uh, they had four turnovers to one assist, shooting horribly. And then Damian Lee's kind of the guy who had to come in. And it was a really interesting fourth quarter because we had primarily no CP3. And then we had no Cameron Johnson because it appeared that he got injured or, or they said, oh, you know, he had, he had he, they said he had cramps. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, I they, know. I know. They said he had cramps, right? So you, you look at how the fourth quarter played out for the Phoenix Suns. You know, Mikael Bridges plays the entire quarter. Cam Johnson only plays two minutes and 25 seconds. DA, the entire quarter. Devin Booker plays eight minutes and 30 seconds because he played the entire third. And Chris Paul only plays 519. That's the interesting thing. Campaign played the final 627 of that fourth quarter. Uh, he had five points. He had, you know, one assist. And then you have Damian Lee, who played the entire fourth quarter. Damian Lee played the entire fourth quarter, and that's where he got all of his 11 points. That's huge because when it was going towards the third quarter in halftime, it was just a big drag. And you're thinking about the bench, how awful they looked, right? I mean, Jock was okay. We'll talk about him a little bit. But he only played for a certain stint. And then you're like, who's going to help us in the third in the third quarter? It was the whole starting unit that just came out and killed it. But then you're thinking, I'm like, dude, we're going to have to put some of these guys in that are off the bench, and it's not going to work out. Like that's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, they're not going to be able to kind of keep keep this where it's like a three point game, four point game to where we have a chance to come back in the fourth, and they didn't. But then also you also you had a guy like Lee that can come in, and I think that experience really from the Warriors helps Mm -hmm. them a little bit. I think it does. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, but like the the championship experience helps him in these situations. He just he stood out. He's not the biggest guy, but he stood out to where. His body language is like, I, I've been here before, man. Just give me the ball. You want to go back and forth, book with the ball? I can take it. And Quick I felt comfortable too, with him. Right? Yeah, I felt comfortable with him with the ball. It's There's so much that happened in this game, and I don't really know what to truly take from it. You know, So obviously, we should yeah. start at kind of the beginning and navigate our emotions because at the end of the day, it's one game, although it's a huge game. you know, We, we said coming into this, no matter what happens, the Phoenix Suns will, if, if, if we win – People will be like, well, yeah, you should have. If we lose, like Dallas fans will never give us, you know, let, let us hear the end of it, right? Uh, but that being said, I think that you can't take too much from this game because it was truly, truly a tale of two halves. Okay, so let, let's start with the first half. You know, you take a look yeah. at just some of the statistics in the first half. Okay, Luka Doncic has 20 points on six of 10 shooting, uh, one of four from three, but he had five assists and five rebounds as well. The team collectively shoots... 47% from beyond the arc and 50% from the field. I mean, it's it's just like game seven all over again. They're, they're not missing. And I swear every time Reggie Bullock pulls up from three, he hits one against the Suns. Conversely, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they shoot 20% from beyond the arc. They shoot 40.9% from the field. And their bench unit has seven points to the 17 points of the Dallas Mavericks. So as you watch that first half, what were your primary concerns uh, outside? I'll tell you, mine was the bench, but I'll, I'll, you know, what, what are yours? And if it was the bench, tell me what was concerning about it. There was something that Monty said. I don't know when it was because they showed it going into the third quarter after halftime. They showed him on the bench talking to his players. And he's just like, 
you're not reading the game right. Something like that. Like you're not playing the game the way this game is. You're not reading it right. And it made sense because I feel like the Suns in the beginning, they had good looks. I think Booker was really getting good looks. I think the whole team had good looks. It wasn't going in. And it wasn't like they were playing terrible, but it looked like they were just trying too hard. It looked like they were trying to make this a game that it wasn't. Like, it's like, this isn't a, the finals. This isn't the Western Conference finals. You know what I mean? Playing against the Mavericks. Like, it's only game one. Mm-hmm. Like, go get into your game. And I just love that Monty said that because it just explained the whole first half. I just think when the Mavericks went up by 20, I'm like, dude, it's going to be so hard to come back. Luca's just going to carry them. Like I said in the beginning, like a running back, getting those third downs. And I'm just like, there's no way that they're going to get blown out again, right? That's what it felt like. And it felt like that. The tweets were going off. Everyone was upset. But then the way that they kind of slowed down a little bit, started playing defense, started making the right decisions in the second half, that changed everything. But the first half, I'm like, this is everything that was terrible about last year. Like, it was was absolutely terrible. it, It was worse than last year. It was like the playoffs last year because the bench was non-existent. And that was the mental barrier, right? Like, when, when we were growing up and the Yankees would have a lead and Mariano Rivera came in, you knew the game was over, right? Because he was so excellent. And, and that's how yeah. – that, that well, most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, Hall of Fame. I mean, the only unanimous guy to ever make it to the Hall of Fame. So he, he, he did well enough. And that's how conversely it acted tonight with the Suns. You, you felt the bench was so bad. And even as we were watching the third quarter, you know, so again, looking at the, the score at halftime, it was 62 to 45, Okay. So, you know, team's down 17 points. They're they're down by a total of 22 at some points during that first half. And you see the starters come out in that third quarter, and they played fantastic, right? I mean, uh, uh, Booker played the whole damn time. Aiton played 11 minutes. Chris Paul played eight of them. You know, eight for Cam Johnson, eight for, or nine for Mikael Bridges. So they all pretty much played the entire third, okay? And they outscore them 31 to 19, and they get them back into the game. But in your back of your head, and you know, it's like, okay, well, the bench unit is going to have to start coming in, and we're actually going to have to get some production from the bench unit in this game. And that's what we did with Damian Lee, essentially, because as I mentioned earlier, the way the fourth quarter went, you know, I mean, you have D. I mean, you know what? It, it's it, it's time to do a drop. <laughs> it's time that we've we've gone way too far <laughs> without doing a drop, and we always got to start with Dion. Watch. DeAndre Ayton, the impact that he had on this game was absolutely massive. Think about it. That first half, he ends up playing uh, a total of how much? Like four minutes, it felt like. You know, seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. He had four points. He had three fouls. Okay, so in that first in that first half, he was plus minus. He was a zero. For the game, he's a plus 15 because he went for 18 and 10. And in that second half, he played nearly every single minute for the Phoenix Suns. He played 23.05 of the 24 available minutes. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6 of 8 from the field. DeAndre Ayton, I can't play the pay this man his money drop for him anymore because he's been paid. (laughs) And tonight, tonight, (laughs) he earned it. He he definitely did. This was um, something I was looking forward to see if there was something new with him offensively. The most consistent thing he had all night, what he was showing was keeping the ball up high. Yes. You know, and 
that just makes the biggest difference because everything is easier for him when it's up high. Like when he's down there and Booker might make a pass to him, keeps it up high, he grabs it, he's in the paint, and he just uses his he uses that little right hook. Like it's yeah. easy over Dodge, over anybody in there because it's easy. So if he keeps the ball up high, it's super easy for him. Then you have Devin Booker and him brewing something. Like I've never seen them yes. play like this together. And maybe it was more a Booker than Aiton. But like I'm just saying, because Booker was actually throwing him the ball, and Booker has such a hard time in the past giving him the ball in good places. Tonight it looked great, man. I just I think there was a few moves I saw from him in the post that looked really good. Um, but he was so quick to react on a lot of stuff defensively around the rim, man. He was a nightmare for yes. whoever was down there. He he just was shot deterrence. Um, he never gave up on plays. There was a shot clock violation almost in the first quarter where he just kept he kept on the play, man. He went back to the to the um, to the boards, grabbed it, laid it in. Like he just made sure that he was involved in every play. And that's the the one thing that I'll say that we said last year a lot was give him the ball more, right? Oh, wait, we mm-hmm. said that the last two years almost. Give him the ball more when he's playing this way because there's plenty of times, especially with Cameron Payne, where Cameron Payne just can't pass it to him or something. And I'm just like, dude, like give him the ball, throw it up because he seems like he's figuring it out now. He seems like he has. Well, I think that there's been a big onus this offseason to engage DA to your point. I mean, he was 8 of 11 from the field and he played 30 minutes. Right. So had he played 40 like the rest of the starters, he probably would have got four or five more shot attempts. And that's what we've always asked for between 15 to 20 shot attempts from D.A. And you're going to get positive results because he's such such a high efficiency player. I think I was looking at Phoenix Sun stats the other day as I was preparing something for brightsideofthesun.com. Check it out. Great place to read content. And I DeAndre Ayton holds the single season record for field goal percentage in the Phoenix Suns history. I mean, the guy is just he's a scoring machine if you give him the opportunity to do so. And that's we've always kind of known that. And I think that the great thing to see was he was crashing that glass early, to your point. Crashing the glass, he had that one putback that was absolutely huge at the point of the game. Yeah. Uh, a slam dunk, you know, yeah, you know, two points is two points, but it's it, it's what you want to see, right? And then what I really appreciated about the way that he played in that second half was, one, the fact that he was out there. His conditioning is something that it's always kind of been an issue with DA, right? Like, he yeah, gets winded. Absolutely. He gets winded. And then Monty sees that, and he disengages him, and then the team kind of disengages from him, and we've seen that at times. But one thing that he did, like, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to talk some shit about campaign on this podcast, just so everybody knows. Like, Suns win, fantastic. Campaign going to get a little bit of lip from me. <laughs> but there was one shot that campaign made where he was wide open in the key, and it was a, it was a key jumper. And the reason he got so wide open is because DA set a strong screen. wasn't one of those passive slip screens that he does. And to see him do that, and do that in the fourth quarter, that's big to me. Those are the little things that you look for it from DeAndre Ayton, and we'll continue to look for, and we've always looked for it from DA, to where the casual fan who sits there and watches the game and goes, yeah, no, DA, you know, you look at his stat line sometimes, and you'll see 18 and 10, and you're like, and you, you know, he could have done so much more. Like, he, he's not playing aggressive. He's getting winded and being taken out of the game yeah. in, in moments where he could be excelling. You know, that didn't happen tonight. And to see that in game one, it makes me excited. Have we seen it from DA in the past in game one? We have. So, you know, we'll continue to monitor this throughout the season. But tonight, unbelievably satisfied satisfied with the performance put forth by one DeAndre Ayton. So he'll he'll be suspended tomorrow. Is that what you're saying? That's that probably <laughs> right. We're, we're going to get the notification yeah. that Woj bomb. It's like, oh, yeah, 25 more games for pissing a diuretic or whatever. 
This is different though because he wasn't huffing and puffing like he was in the past. Like he talks exactly. about and stuff. Him and Doncic are just on the same kind of diet, I guess. It seemed like Doncic didn't really even lose weight. Maybe that neck beard makes him a little chubby. He needs to shave that up. That way he doesn't look so fucking fat. But him and EA had such a hard time eating whatever you know, whatever they wanted. That's what they did. I think in the past now, DA he's, he's woken up a little bit. I think he's really taking care of his body and it shows man, because the more energy he has, dude, it just see him out on the floor. I'm just like, all right, I feel comfortable with him out there. Right. I think he's an option for us offensively and defensively. Mm -hmm. That's him. He's the guy that's a stopper down there. And I, th I think you hit on something that's absolutely paramount. And uh, shout out to Mario Lopez watching along in the chat. Shout Ooh. out to all the jamsters who are watching along in Long the chat. Time. Again, if you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button down below. We appreciate it. Uh, but he said, did you notice his, his role development? And I think I, I did notice that his roles were a little bit more strong, a, a little more instinctive. That's the key. You know, he's at that point in his career where in the past, you could always feel DA's thinking. And perhaps in the future, again, it's only one game. Perhaps in the future, we will continue to feel him thinking. But he was, he's been a lot more instinctive and reactive. And what made me happy and something you talked on is the fact that Devin Booker was getting him the ball in those tight spaces. Big Dick Booker. You got to give it up to Devin Booker for the way that he navigated this game without Chris Paul being out there for the majority of that fourth quarter. You know, Devin Booker's final stat line 40 minutes played in this one, 10 of 20 from the field. He only took one three and he made it seven to seven from the free throw line, 28 total points, nine assists from Devin Booker. And again, a lot of those assists were those little kind of in the paint passes to <laughs> DA that he's had such a hard time doing his yes. entire career playing with him. And that's the role development plus Devin Booker's ability to get him the ball is nothing going to, it's going to do nothing but take pressure off Devin Booker to score coupled with DA's development. Yeah, I, I, I th 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 sorry, I don't know you're going to stop there. So <laughs> I was looking at the notes. No, you're, um, you're good. You're good. You know, so book offensively, that was the one thing. It's like, who's going to kind of like take the next step this year for the Suns? And you know what? I think it's going to be Booker, but I didn't think in this way, right? I didn't think mm -hmm. in this way where he was actually going to be this much of uh, an influencer in just making sure that the offense is moving around without Chris Paul. I didn't know that was going to be a thing this early in the season. Like you already see it. And maybe it's just DA paying more attention, but even when the double teams come over to him, he's passing the ball out to Lee towards the end of the game. Like he doesn't hold it. He doesn't wait. Like that was always an issue in the past. He's gotten better, but the towards the end of the game, he knew how to handle himself. He's, he's a guy that you can really trust. And the biggest thing for me though, is like the way he gets his looks now ooh, fly in my face. The way he gets his looks now, man, is I don't know if they're really good looks in like just easy kind of, but I just think the hard, the, the hardest thing to realize is all the work he puts in, he makes it look so easy. Cause mm -hmm. like in the beginning of the game, he had a lot of good looks, but that's just him. That's just him kind of managing that space between him and the defender. And it's hard to even think about like, okay, like how do you even get to that? How do you even get that way in the NBA where you're just that good to where you can like play ISO ball and get space no matter what. He's a guy now that can get his shot off, even though he's not like a seven-footer or a six-foot-ten guy, like a lot of these guys that can shoot now. He can still get his space and get his shot off without getting blocked. And it looks like it's easy, but like seriously, he just has that now where it's just super simple for him, but it's all that work he's put in, man. His footing yeah. is great. And he went cool. down today with the ankle thing. 
that freaked me the fuck me out. Me too, I it, man. I thought his ankles like turned sideways or something. I'm like, dude, well, I saw it. And it was a quick tweak. Serious? And sometimes those quick tweaks can be something that lasts for a long time and be a lingering injury. And he waved yeah. off. Damien, Damien Lee was ready to come back in the game at that point. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, save it. We're going to need you. And if you really think about it, if you take a look at how this game ended, you know, Dallas played it right. They, they let Devin Booker hold the ball as long as he could doubled him passed out. I mean, Damian Lee, let's, let's face it. He hit a, 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 you, you know, you didn't see it as a miracle shot, but it was kind of a miracle shot that ultimately won this game. Right. You know, I mean, it, it is what it is, but I'll take it. Cause after seeing some of the shots that Christian Wood was making, I'm like, you know what? We're owed one of these. Okay. That guy is banking in fucking three pointers. The guy can't hit a free throw, but he's banking in threes. Like we're owed a kind of a miracle shot. So the way that they're doubling him was something that it was effective in the postseason last year as well. So if you were to guess, Matthew, without looking at the stat sheet, how many shots did Devin Booker take in the fourth quarter? Knowing that in the fourth quarter, the Phoenix Suns outscored the Dallas Mavericks 31 to 24. How yeah, the many Warriors, shots? The Warriors said to get up. I'm going to say four. He took three shots. Three shots. Okay. Devin I was Booker thinking was, nine, but the Warriors. He was about two it. of three from the field. He had seven points because he had some free throws. He had six assists in the fourth quarter. He Chris Pauled it tonight. The Phoenix Suns have a $24 million man sitting on the on the bench because yeah. he's 30 fucking seven or eight years old or however old he is. And Devin Booker, he he led us to victory. It's like all the mentorship that, that Chris Paul's given him over the past couple seasons, he was actually able to put out there today, and it was effective for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it was great. Chris Paul, man, just looked miserable over there. I felt kind of bad, but I don't know what was going on. So we'll find out. No, we won't. We never find out anything. We never know what the fuck's going on with this team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they like to keep it, you know, close to the chest chest so we don't know yes, what's going internal. on. But but speaking of the point, God. The point God. He definitely wasn't a point God tonight, I'll tell you that. You know, I mean, he had a nice stretch there, but it, ultimately Chris Paul one of six from the field. He had nine assists. Uh, he had three turnovers, six points. And as I mentioned, you know, you take a look at the second half for the Phoenix Suns, and he ended up only playing uh, 13 minutes, and it was all kind of that, that third quarter run for the team. So he was a part of that run that got the team back in. I'm wondering what to expect from Chris Paul this year because in the first half, oops, where, where the hell was he? Where the hell was he? Uh, well, he was, he was definitely the dude that was just standing there and he was kind of just, you know, letting the, I think we saw this last year a little bit. Like I just, w there was these games where he would just kind of like be on the side and let everybody else do whatever the fuck they wanted. And that's fine. I think he's kind of getting used to the idea now that he's not going to play the biggest part in this offense. And it's going to be hard for him to realize that, but it's good. It's good that he sits out in the fourth, the last three minutes it's good that he does that because we can win these games without him. And that's fine. That's fine. And what sucks is Chris Paul's career, almost 20 years. It's like, if he was going to win a championship, I'm sure he wants to be a big part of it, but you know what? If he's going to win, he might not be the biggest part that he wants to be. So he has to sit back and he has to actually watch this team grow and be there to help them. And I don't think he's going to be a baby about it. I think it's going to be something that he can help this team get to like the next level without him. So it's it's fine. It just in the first half, if he's going to be just on the side, kind of passing up the ball, it's fine because I think we have other guys that can do stuff with the starting lineup. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this this season goes relative to Chris Paul because you know again I talked about it in a lot of our preseason stuff. How you know thirty minutes is kind of where I expect him to live this year, and he got his thirty minutes. 
You know, it's just a very weird way to go about getting it. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, to your point, like, you know, Father Time has kind of caught up with him. And that's what we're mm -hmm. all trying to figure out. It, has it truly caught up with him? Is this like a Peyton Manning situation? Oh, it better not be like a Tom Brady thing. Well, yeah. I mean, well, Tom Brady's still, <laughs> to, still to be written. I'm talking like Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl in his last year, but he couldn't throw a 15-yard out. And the defense, yeah. you know, is what got them the championship in Denver there. Uh, maybe that's the situation with Chris Paul where he's just going to kind of be there and he's going to show up in some spots. But you noticed it early in the game. McHale is bringing the ball up a bunch. Jay Crowder, or Jay Crowder, fuck, wow, that's Whoa. bad. Cam Watch Johnston, mouth, man, yeah, don't say his name on this podcast. Uh, no. No, we love, we love you, boss man, Jay. We wish you were out there, shit. Sure, yeah, uh, but 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 Cam Johnson, he was bringing the ball up a lot in the first half. So there's a lot of just taking mm -hmm. that stress off of him. And I felt like I was watching the playoffs last year because that's what the opposition and both the Pelicans and the Mavericks were doing the entire postseason was forcing it the ball out of Chris Paul's hands. And now they're willingly doing it. They're not pressing full court in the fucking first game of the season. So yeah. it's going to be interesting moving forward to see essentially how Chris Paul is going to be integrated into this team or if this is just a one-off thing. If they go, you know what, <laughs> da the, da the Dallas Mavericks, the strength of their team is some of their wing defenders, right? Uh, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, things of that nature. So maybe this is one where it's like we're going to ease Paul into this season, and right now the team's playing well. They're cooking. Damian Lee's doing well. Devin Booker shooting two of three from the field in the fourth, but he, he's setting his team up. DA's holding his own. He's stepping up and being the man that we've all wanted him to be. So mm -hmm. maybe it's just like Monty's going to actually say, hey, I'm I'm pulling the trigger on this one, and you're staying on the bench. So it's going to be really interesting to see some of those post-game uh, press conferences and see what Monty Williams and what – uh, Chris Paul has to say about the situation. Yeah, we're not going down with the ship, Chris. All right? <laughs> all right, if you're having no. <laughs> a hard time, we got to do what's right for the team. It's team game. Come on, remember that, please. Uh, real quick, shout out to Dumbass Bitch or Bish in the chat. Oh, they say, uh, guys, the Mavs are saying Lee traveled on the last play. What should I say? Just tell them to watch any play that Luka Doncic plays. Or anybody realize, in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that those. everything is traveling in the NBA nowadays. And that's I didn't just, even notice that. I would have even I would have been like, wait, did he travel? I would have called my own player out. Uh I was talking a little bit about Monty. And mm -hmm. you know what? One thing we got to think of doing, I don't even I don't have a Monty Williams drop. Yeah, we got you, you gotta make one, man. I gotta make a Monty Williams podcast or a, a Monty Williams drop. But yeah. he got teed up in the first half. Have you ever seen him that mad? I mean, obviously, there was a missed goaltending where CP3, it looked like he was throwing up a lob to DA, but no matter what, the ball was headed down. And JaVale mm -hmm. McGee blocked it. And then on the other side, there was a suspect call in DA. The ultimate was DA's third call, and it's what got him out of the game for a prolonged period of time. Have you ever seen Monty that mad? You know what? Not that mad, but I feel like I'm going to see a lot of that this year, right? I, I just too. think that he has to get on this team they have to grow, and I think to help them grow, he has to get on them. Kind of like with the way Chris Paul was on Cameron Johnson a lot today. You know, like these older guys that are on our team, like, well, Chris Paul's the only really old guy. But these veterans and also our coaching staff, they have to get on these guys to play better. If there's a mistake there or a mistake, like, it doesn't have to be a mistake, but even if he is upset about the officiating, he mm -hmm. has to be vocal. I expect to see that a lot this year, and it's good, man. I think the I think it helps the team. I think the, he's the one coach because yes. he doesn't get upset. When he does, it means that much more. It's like never saying the C word or the F word, but then when you say it, it's like, oh. It has an okay. impact, right? Whoops. You're like, whoa. Yeah. You know? I exactly. think it's because he got LASIK surgery this offseason, so he actually can see the shitty officiating now in, in HD vision. Before, yeah. You know? you know. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's not wearing the glasses yes. anymore. Like, he can actually see what's going on out there. He's like, 
Oh yeah. my God, my team's getting cornholed out here. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and it's that, and he's got like the white beard now. You know, it's like he just he's got a different look about him. It's intimidating. Yeah. So I mean, it was ultimately unsuccessful. I mean, he just he just yelled out and got teed up. But it was interesting <laughs> to see him uh, just be that mad. So I, I thought I'd point that out. Next guy I want to talk about, kind of going down. Let's talk about some of the Mavs before we go back into okay. the into the yeah. uh, um, into the Phoenix Suns. Luka Doncic. Okay, Th- this team I-, I mentioned earlier, they had that hard start from three, but I mean, you got to give Luka his props, man. That guy we saw it last year in the playoffs. Hell of an NBA player, uh, tough to defend, and what he was doing so instinctively and so and, and so smartly, if you will, is that a word? Uh, once DA was out of the game and, and yeah, the Werminator's right. Luca, a hoe. This is also a fact. You can be a great player and also be a hoe. He's definitely a hoe. Um, but one of the things with Luca Doncic is once DA went out of the game and what this is the impact of DA folks, you heard Jason Kidd say it on the sideline, right? During the first half, once DA was out of the game, he's like, they don't have a shot blocker in there. Attack the rim. So what Luca was doing is he was setting up switches to get like Jock Landell on him. Or, or Bismack, or any big he could. And then he was just attacking the rim or setting up his pl- his fellow teammates to attack the rim. And I thought that was very, very smart, the way that he did that. You know, ultimately, you take a look at his box score in a loss, mind you. Uh, 10 of 23 from the field, uh, 2 for 10 from beyond the arc. Thank you for that final three-pointer. Once, it, By the way, once they started dribbling out, I'm like, he's going to take some dumb three. It just needs to not go in. Oh, uh, yeah. I Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I like yep. that, actually. I'll absolutely so. take that. Uh, 35 points, nine total rebounds, and six assists for Luca. You know, what what were your thoughts watching him and how he was manipulating the defense? Uh, and is he gonna be the MVP? Um, you know what? He has a chance now because no one's really talking about it, right? I think now, oh, John's gone. I think he has a new ass plant. The thing is with Luca, he has to actually be the guy that's the main dude on the Dallas Mavericks, and he definitely is. But the, there's one thing that actually makes me upset when I watch him. Every time he actually goes to the hole, it's a foul, or it's not a foul. The thing is, like the refs are not going to call a foul every goddamn time he's down there getting to the rim, right? So he's going to complain all the time. Booker's that way now, too, where he complains. But Luca is never going to get the call all the time. I'm just talking about how he gets to the rim and he expects to call every time, but they can call a foul every time, kind of like a Giannis thing, because yeah. he does get fouled, but they can't call the game that way, man. They can't make it to where it's a stop and go game. It's like, you're going to get them sometimes. And sometimes you're not. It's like Cameron Johnson, great defense. One play, the next play, it's a foul, same exact situation, yeah. but it's a foul this time. So that's the way the NBA is. And that's what he's going to live on. And they were talking about him in the beginning of the game. Like, oh, he just like he has fun when he plays. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He's playing this with guy, his food again. Yeah, but this guy does not have fun. And no one has fun when they play. If you're having fun, you're on a loser team. Like, you don't have fun. So I just thought, you know, he's laughing in the beginning. But towards the end, his face gets bigger. And then oh, he yeah. just gets a little bit more red. Well, and he also looked very winded at the end of the game, too. You know, I think that it's it's the first yeah. game and it is Luca, you know, fat Luca or as fat as he'll be. Uh, and you know, he wasn't that fat, so, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, Luca. Um, but yeah. you know, thirty-six minutes played. So I mean, again, just respect for him. Uh how long do you think that Christian Wood is on the bench for this team? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Honestly, the way I Anytime there's anybody with a personality or actually wants to go out and score points on his own, play some ISO ball, I think they're going to be gone from the from the Mavericks. I don't think it's going to last long. It just doesn't make sense on that team. 
Does that make sense? Like, I feel like everyone just should be a catch and shooter there. Anybody that's like going off, you know, you know, just taking someone off the dribble, they're not going to be on that team long. I don't know why. I just doesn't doesn't seem like a fit well, for I'll that tell you, Chris, team. Christian Wood had 25 off the bench. Not he was four seven from deep, man. I mean, yeah, honestly, I like we got all the way back to within like three points, and then he hit. He just started. He what like 13 straight points for the team. Yeah, I thought it was over at that point. I mean, it was just you know, I think it's interesting, kind of. uh how his acquisition is being used, you know, JaVale McGee's the starter. I'll take that all day. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, it's just, it's an interesting build from that team, you know? Exactly, dude. Here comes the pain! Oh, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne. I don't know what to feel about you. Uh, Cameron Payne stat line, 18 minutes played, 3 of 7 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep. He had seven points. He had two turnovers, uh, three personal fouls. Everyone had a fucking million fouls. But, you know, campaign, I just, I can't be super upset. Like, he was an absolute zero in the first half. Absolute zero. You know, you take a look at what he did, and he he 0 for 3, a turnover, no assists. He just he yeah. wasn't doing anything. You know, the first time he comes in the game, right, they literally bring him in, and it's like instantly a, a turnover. And then, like, in the second half, the first thing he does when he comes in, the Suns got this momentum that the starters have been playing out of their minds for three quarters. Campaign comes in, and it's like uh, he, foul he he fouls Christian Wood and puts him on the line. Now, granted, Christian Wood missed the two free throws, but it's just like it's like good old fucking campaign, man. Just he starts the year with a turnover. That's that's the story of Cameron Payne this year. Yeah, and I don't think we really know what we want from him either because I think in the offseason we are talking about him as a scorer, and then when you're watching him play – it's like, well, can you pass the ball a little bit? Mm -hmm. He doesn't pass the ball at all. He had a good pass towards the end of the game. I think it was, I forget who was in the corner and hit a three. Maybe they hit it. I don't even know. It was a nice pass, but that was like the first one I noticed. And I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't pass. But then I just think about myself, what I was saying before the season, we just need a score. So maybe that's just what he is, right? And he's going to be a frustrating player. He'll never be the guy that he was in the bubble or the nope. season after that, right? So I just think he'll be someone you can't really count on. But then at times when he hits that shot, when he hits a three, it's like, oh, fuck yeah, campaign's awesome. You know what I mean? But then the next play kind of fucks up a little bit. But I I don't know, man. I just don't think we should expect too much from this guy this year. But Wasn't he my letdown player but, or something? But, but he might have been. Yeah, oh, okay. he was. No, he was oh, mine. Okay. Yours was Landry Shamit. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picked Cameron Payne for the acid wash. Or play, the acid so. jeans. Um Again, I, I, I want so much from Cameron Payne, and I want him to be successful. We need him to be successful. And ultimately, he was successful in the fourth quarter because Devin Booker was out there. We didn't ask Cameron Payne to really do anything. And guess what? He got a little bit more engaged defensively, and he caused a couple turnovers. from you know, And that, that's where we need him to be. But as a pure facilitator of the second-team offense, like it, we saw it in the first half, he couldn't do it. And again, that first half, maybe it was just a pure aberration. And something that we're going to see very rarely this season. And this Phoenix Suns team really is a team that, you know, I mean, you could see you could see the chemistry with the team when those those starters were out there tonight. I mean, that's yeah. those starters are, are guys who've played through three seasons together and, and are battle tested and proven. It's the bench in which we have some problems and we have some opportunity. And Cameron Payne, you know, he's kind of the longest tenured bench guy. So we need him to kind of step up. So I'll be interested to see, you know, again, as this season progresses, if the narrative can somehow change on him. Or if we just continue to kind of just have this 50-50 version of campaign. And, and that's that's the most like, likely scenario, right? Like, we're going to have some good games. We're hoping that we have more good games than bad games. 
But if you're a backup point guard, that's you're that you have 50 50 games because you're a backup point guard. If you're if you had more 50, you know, if, if you had 75% good games, you'd be a starter in the NBA. Yeah. You'd be asking out of this team right now. Yeah. <laughs> to be a starter. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, one guy that a lot of people were excited to see tonight, myself included, and he got, he kind of got taken out of the picture simply because of the refereeing and the fouls was the Aussie, Jock Landau. This is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jock Landell. So Jock Landell, seven points played. <laughs> it's still a funny drop. I'm sorry. I, yeah. For those I, of you I, who I, are coming laughing. back to the podcast for a first time, we made this one during the summer. We've been laughing our asses <laughs> off ever since. Yeah. Uh, but Jock Landell, seven or uh, seven points in ten minutes played. What's the per 36 on that? And let's just talk about that for like the rest of the pod. Like, you know, the per 36 <laughs> on that's like what, like 48 points or something. Yeah. So yeah. He's four a starting fouls. power forward. Yeah. yeah. He's a starting power forward, you know, but you know, so you take a look, you know, the entire two for five from the field. Uh, he got to the line, had the four personal fouls. He had a block, you know, uh, I mean, he, he looked engaged and aggressive. It was just so frustrating because we didn't get to see more of it. And it, you got to be excited as a Suns fan because in the, the small amount of time we had with him, we saw some really good production. He was one of the bright spots in that first half. Yeah, he was amazing, man. I think he kind of lived up to it. And what he does is he makes a game easier for himself out there. He makes it easier for his teammates, too. Like, there's just a play where he's down there, and he gets in the paint, good spacing, everything. And I think Booker just hits him, and he has a ball up high, keeps it up high, goes right in the rim. Like, it just it's like, oh, like, this guy just makes the game simple. He uses his size, and if he gets... If he gets blocked, he gets blocked. If he gets fouled, then that's awesome. I think he just uses his body, and he's still very quick. He does jack up those threes, so I know we'll probably end up this season talking about, hey, slow down on the threes, even though yeah. I kind of just don't care. I think he can. As long as he provides that kind of those kind of numbers in that short amount of time, it's fine. I mean, if he gets one of those to go down, a couple of them, that's mm-hmm. awesome. He's yeah. even a better night. So he's, he's a guy that – you can have him in, be excited about, and then you have Damian Lee come in, be excited about him. So it's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice start to the season. You have two guys. We got, we got yeah, exactly. Two we got guys a couple guys off that bench squad who are new faces who provided some quality production. Uh, Jock Landell kind of during the game, and then obviously Damian Lee in the fourth quarter. Uh, shout out to the Aussie Suns fans pod. Uh, they're along in the chat. Great podcast to listen to. Uh, some of our friends from down <laughs> under, Gavin and the, and the gang, says, aren't you sure this wasn't born on our pod? You know what? You might be right. I was watching their podcast a few weeks ago and I was having a couple beers and I was just I, w- I was doing what all the jamsters are doing right now. I was just mouthing off in the chat being a jackass. <laughs> and I just started coming up with a bunch of different Jock Landell nicknames. And then Suck My Jock came across. And I was like, oh, my God, that's from Team America. I'm making a drop about that. So uh, I'll give credit where credit's due. It was 100 percent me. Yeah. I just happen to be doing it on your podcast. Uh, let's see what else. What else we've got to talk about in this game? Uh, oh, we got just 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 real quick. The Sarich smoke break. He got one minute and 41 seconds of Dario Sarich, and it was beautiful. He 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 went up for a layup and barely jumped. Uh, I think he fouled the guy. It was just, it was so great to have Dario back, man. Oh, dude, brought a tear to my eye. I'm like, this guy, man, I miss it. And that's the note I took. Oh, missed the, missed the free throw. I miss that. I miss, you know, I don't know what else we expect, but... I don't know. They they show the pregame warmups of him kind of dribbling around. I'm like that's there's no way that's an actual move. And then he just misses a layup tonight. So 
It's good to have him back on the court, man. It, it, you know, it, it was a little just bit, right? slow, slow motion. Dario was out there looking like he had pat he he had puffed a pack of marble <laughs> reds before the game, and he's just trying to get you know just runs right down just downhill. The guy can't zag. Yeah. He's just he's one motion. And it's like you know what we went a whole season without seeing that, and that was it's good to see him again. It's good to see him again. You know, Matthew, there's one thing I did tonight, and I don't have a disguise. I I went in wearing the hat. I went over to the to the Dallas Mavericks subreddit to see what they were saying. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So this is those one of those things that you only get here on the Jam Session podcast where we like to go and just see what the opposition's fans are saying, right? There's no better place to yeah. do that than Reddit. So I was hanging out <laughs> a little bit on the subreddit stakeout, and you got to believe that this team was losing their mind. The The duality of this fan base was hysterical because they're making comments in the first half. It's like, hey, man, just came from the Sun subreddit. All they're doing is talking about fouls. You know, what what, what a bunch of bitches. You know, and then like the entire second half is them complaining about fouls, you know. So <laughs> some of the observations that they made, I, I like to bring over here and and talk with everybody on the podcast about kind of what they said. And, you know, in the past, some of our jamsters have gone over there and they've observed it too, because it's funny. It's funny to, mm-hmm. it's always good to see mm-hmm. the other side of an equation, right? There's, I always say there's three sides to every story, right? There's your side, my side, and the truth. Well, here was their side. Here's one thing. One of the first things in the first half, this team looks more dependent on Luca than ever. Didn't think that was possible, but here we are. Do you think that's true? Do you think the Dallas Mavericks are more dependable on Luka than ever? Because, again, it seems like they kind of – anybody, you know, Jalen Brunson's a good compliment to Luka gone. What do you think? I mean, that's insane, right? I Yes, you have to be dependent on him. If you're going to win anything, you have to be dependent on him that much. I mean, Porzingis talked about, hey, the other day they talked about how they just couldn't figure things out, and it's both their faults or whatever. But it's like, no, if anyone's going to play with Luka – it's his ball all the time. So get used to it, man. Yeah, and it's it's 100%. Like high, one of the highest usage rates, if not the highest usage rate in the history of the NBA. Like, yeah. it's, hard to, it's hard to put pieces around him. And, you know, this offseason, what did they add? And we talked about this when we did our, uh, our preseason. You know, we were going through the different divisions, and we were taking a look at, you know, kind of who is who? Who are these teams now? What have they done? What have they, tra- what have they changed? And when you looked at the Dallas Mavericks, Ultimately, the changes that they made, and I'm pulling up the the uh, the graphic. You know, they they acquired Javale McGee, they acquired Jaden Hardy from Sacramento, who's uh, a pick that uh, they had taken with a a lottery pick. I don't know if it's a lottery pick. Uh, Christian Wood they got from Houston, but they lost Jalen Brunson, and then they gave up all of those assets to Houston in an effort to give get Christian Wood. You know, that's Marquise Chris, who gives a shit. Uh, Boban uh, Boban, I don't know how to say his Marijuanovich. Uh, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Wendell Moore. You know, so this is a team that they didn't do a lot in the offseason. They really didn't. They added two bigs, JaVale McGee and Christian Wood. And they lost Jalen Brunson, who was a good complimentary guard next to them. So it was interesting how in the subreddit stakeout, right off the bat, that's what the, you know, the opposition was, or, you know, the the Mavs fans were talking about. It's just this team. But, but then as the game went on and they started kicking the shit out of the Suns, you know, somebody said, Versus Phoenix, Luca is my favorite version of Luca <laughs> because like, he just ah. talks a lot of shit. Maybe oh, because he talks That's, shit and he has fun yeah. doing it. That son of yeah. a bitch. I guess in the beginning of the game he does. Yeah, he exactly in the beginning of the games. Uh, one guy whose uh, name on Reddit is Goat Luca. 
Uh, he says, is a, is a stretch? Is it a stretch to say that the Suns have one of the worst benches in the league? Like they have no one. I literally want to go back into that, into the subreddit, find that exact one and just put Damian Lee. <laughs> just, just, just huge troll status by me, but I, I never, yeah, because no, you, you have it's, to now, man. <laughs> you have so, to go on there and do that. Okay. Goat Luca. I'm going to find that on Reddit. Uh, everyone go to Reddit and go to Goat Luca. Okay. Find Goat Luca on Reddit. This is your homework. And, and this is your homework. And he, you will see one of his posts that he posted to the, to the Dallas Mavericks subreddit. And he says, is a, it is a stretch to say the Suns have one of the worst benches in the leagues. Like they have no one. And literally everyone just typed Damian Lee. That would be fan fucking tastic. That's your homework. I expect a lot from you. Uh, somebody says Landell looks like Bill from Bill and Ted. Yeah, kind of. Not really. kind of. It's the haircut. It's the haircut. It's the curly hair. Yeah, but that guy's so. a really unique looking guy. Like it's hard for the. <laughs> yeah, but he also looks like that. But but he also looks like a Paul brother, Jock Paul. So um, somebody else said <laughs> does he? Okay. he does. Yeah. Uh, somebody else says Phoenix has that. no depth. CP three is fifty. Aiden hates it there. And Cam Johnson is worse than Crowder, oh but they starting him. LOL. That's what ESPN was saying. ESPN was saying uh, Stephen A. Smith, I think, stuck in, yes. snuck in there before commercials. Like, Aiden doesn't look like he wants to even be there. Whatever. Yeah, I was he like, looks I was upset. Like, he's, foul. he's in foul trouble. Of course he's pissed off, dude. He He's fine. He's yeah, and he fine. played fine in the second half, so fuck off, Stephen A. Smith. And then uh, Sideshow Cameron, that was one. So for the haircut that, that you gave the uh, yeah. the Jesse Katsopoulos Best Hair Award, somebody think called him Sideshow Cameron. I think that was a good one. Uh, somebody said, yeah, JaVale ain't going to be starting for long. Saw that coming. And it's then money, literally man. from then on, when the Suns were winning, it was never like, you know, they didn't talk any shit about the team. They were just pissed at their own team. They were pissed that Jason Kidd didn't have wood out there. They, they were pissed that Luka Doncic and the team wasn't attacking the interior. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end where I kind of began. The reason they weren't attacking the interior was simply because DeAndre Ayton, he's that guy. He defensively, yeah. like he's tough to attack. And if you attack a couple times and the foul, you don't get the foul call. Guess what? You're you're not going back in there. Why would you? I mean, he's he has that much of an impact, and he did tonight. He's amazing. He's awesome. And that, and that ladies and gentlemen, was a subreddit statement. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Jamsters, it's that time of the pod. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, as a reminder, if you're watching along live with us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button down below and subscribe that and, and to hit the little bell notification as well. That will let you know every time we go live, which is after every single Phoenix Suns game. If you are listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you're consuming this podcast. And again, if you're on YouTube and you want to donate in the super chat, we've been trying to get uh, Matthew a Cam Johnson jersey for like years now. And like <laughs> yeah. We're just not there. We need to do that. And again, I mentioned it uh, last night on the podcast. The O on my keyboard is broken. So the more you donate the Super $2. Chat, the, the more you, the, thank you, Black Sunday. Says, is CP3 washed or does he need to play more? That's a good question. What do you think, Matthew? No, he's ease him into it. Ease we need to see. It. So, there you I, go. There, it's kind of in the middle, right? He's not yes. washed. I don't think he's washed at all. I think he just needs more time this year. Yeah, I fine. think they're going to, it's going to be baby, baby steps with him. Yeah. All right, so again, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'm going to let you start out because there's some good there's some good nominees here, some really good nominees. 
There is, dude. Um, I'm just going to go the highest praise today I gave to Aiden. So I'm going to go DeAndre Aiden. And it's a tough one between him and Booker, but I'm just happy I saw improvement. There was mm-hmm. things I saw from him tonight that I've never seen before. So that earns you the Jam Star. The first award to go into Jamsterdam. <laughs> there you go. There you well, go. There you go. Everyone yes. vote away so we can get that award up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> taking a look at the the uh, the chat, a lot of people firing off on some good Jamsters. You know, Big Dick Book from Coach Fallen, founder, one of our elite Jamsters, and somebody who we're going to get on the pod for some of these post games this season. Uh, Lee and Booker from <laughs> David Ray. Uh, Jewel Ottinger gives it to Book. Juan Aranda get uh, Araneta gives it to Damian Lee. Uh, Da gets yeah. the, the star from from Low Suns. Book from the Dark Phoenix number three. Aiton is easily jam star from No Good. Uh, Cam from the Werbinator. Um, Booker as well. A special mention to Lee. Damian Lee for sure. Lee. Uh, yeah, I think that I'm giving this one to Aiton, man. I really, you know, Devin Booker was a big part of this. Obviously, the way he played in that fourth quarter was absolutely like what this team needed. But D.A. being in the right spots, rolling hard, playing that defense, he he really had a big impact in this game that allowed this team to get back into the game. The way he played defense, he, he kept them out. He kept them out of the interior. The moment he was gone, they attacked it. It was a layup drill in the second quarter. You know, I mean, this the the uh, the Dallas Mavericks ultimately in the second quarter outscored the Phoenix Suns 20 to, or I'm sorry, 30 to 21 because they had free reign at the hoop because D.A. Mm-hmm. wasn't out there. The moment he kind of like adjusted accordingly, he changed the game. So I think that's absolutely paramount to the success of the Phoenix Suns moving forward. And I think that this was a great start by having him do so uh, tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. Anything yeah. else you want to talk about in this game? Anything I missed in your notes? You know what? I think you did miss somebody. Let me know if this is true or not. Lights, Cameron, action. How did, did we, we miss, miss Cam Johnson? We, we did, did miss not. him. I yeah. just thought about that. Well, this is why this is why we need each other because I miss things. So, <laughs> talk about Cam Johnson tonight. Oh well, you know when we talked about when I talked about earlier where the team was trying too hard. That's Cameron Johnson. He yes. seemed like he was doing a little too much. He was doing the thing on the perimeter where he was trying to make those moves and try to get by somebody, and then he just shot a terrible three. It's like he was doing things that he needs to kind of ease into this yeah. year. Slow but down. then the third quarter. He came alive. He hit those big threes. He had that transition three. He stepped into, nailed it. Uh, he was a big part of them coming to coming closer in the third quarter to beating the Mavericks. Him, Mikhail, and Aiton—they're going to be really fun together. The twins. Oh, that's a new. That's I don't know if you just saw that. <laughs> you remember that commercial? Well, let me try it again. And twins. Oh my god, it's kind of low. That's funny. But um. Yeah, they play um they play great together, man. I'm excited for the future with all three of those guys. Oh, and Booker's good too. Those yeah, four guys. We'll we'll keep him around. Uh, you know, again, the t- if you take a look at his statistics on the night, he was six of thirteen from the field, fifteen points. I mean, your starting power forward got you fifteen points. That's a good night, in my opinion. And if he can consistently do that, that's fantastic. The question now becomes can he consistently do that? He limped off the court because he was having some cramps. So we're hoping that's yeah. all it was. We're hoping it's just some cramping issues. Because uh, if not, you know, then that that whole narrative begins. And and the the thing that we knew we'd be talking about, the contract extension, it adds some validity to the fact that Monty, uh, or I'm sorry, James Jones didn't extend him. Because again, like if a guy's injury prone, why are you just throwing money at him? You know, if you want to do that, you can become Denver and you can call yourselves 
the the lovers of the MPJ because you're like, hey, this guy, uh, he's 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 around sometimes, throw him a shit ton of money. So we're going to continue to monitor that. And you know, the Phoenix Suns, obviously, their next game is going to be when is their next game? Is it Friday? Yep, Friday and then Sunday. Yep. So Friday they're playing the Portland Trailblazers. Shit. We're doing something What's with the family on Friday, aren't we? Oh yeah, a little bit of cake or whatever. Oh, shit, I just assumed fun. you weren't gonna come. For yeah, I gotta cover birthday? the. Yeah, I gotta cover the game for Brightside. I think. Oh yeah, it's fine. You're gonna go out. We're gonna go hang out Saturday night. So. Yeah, true. We'll talk about uh, it off the air. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about our weekend plans off the air. I just re- it just hit me. Uh, but they traveled. It's it's a quick two game road trip for the Phoenix Suns. They go up to Portland. They come down on Sunday to play the Clippers. Taking a look at the Portland Trailblazers. What what are your thoughts on this team? as we get prepared to, to pack this excitement that we have from this Dallas Mavericks victory, put that away and focus on game number two of the season. Man, did they even win tonight? Did they even play? Yeah, yeah they won. Sacramento. They beat Sacramento. They beat them. I don't even know. What was dude. the final I'm score? 115 to 108. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, when we talked about it on the solar panel, I think I said that we're going to go 2-0, so I predict another win. Um, I just don't know with this Portland team. It's like, Fucking, I'm sick of looking at them and talking about them. Is that weird? Like, I just, I'm sick of seeing like Lillard there and all that shit. Like, nothing's ever going to happen there. So, well, what I want to happen is I want Phoenix to go up there and put to for, put together a better game. That's what I like to see. Okay. You know, I mean, again, like, this is a win. It's a big win. It's a huge win. This is one that what's unfortunate if, if you're, if you think this way, which is how I think is this way, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> clearly late in the pod uh east coast people probably turned off the tv oh their sons suck they're getting smoked they're gonna wake up tomorrow and be like they yes. fucking came back and won yeah like they're gonna a lot of people are gonna be surprised at that and i think that you know that's just kind of what happens on on playing on the the best coast the west coast portland is it should be a w are you calling a w i'm calling a w on this one i'm calling it yeah i'm calling a w for sure I'm man calling a w yeah. on this one i mean you can't not do it uh what's funny i'm gonna end the pod with this is we, we put out a tweet today from the Suns Jam Session Twitter account. So, again, if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. Uh, if you are on Twitter, follow the pod, at Suns Jam. We appreciate it. And we put out a poll about, you know, different odds to bet on, right? And we're pretty much just saying, hey, you know, we're, we're taking a look at uh, saharabets.com. And we're being like, okay, here, here's three different lines that we can bet on. Which one ultimately should we bet on? Right. And so the lines that were out there was uh, Devin Booker over. I'm trying to find it. Oh, I'm logged into the wrong account. That's right. <laughs> that's that's my personal account. <laughs> Awkward. Killing time. Talk about things. Hmm, um, so, yeah. So, yeah. No, things. Yankees lost. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, of course they lost. It's Verlander, man. Verlander uh, always gets a Yankee. Fair. Booker was over 25 or 24 and a half points. He hit that. Paul was over eight and a half cysts. He hit that. But the majority of the Jamsters bet said take eight and over 10 and a half rebounds. He had 10. So that was a losing bet there. Uh, I also bet on the over under. I put a bunch of money on Aiton to score over 17 and a half points today. He scored 18. It was great. Perfect. There you go. So before we get out of here. Uh, again, mm-hmm. shout out to everybody who's hanging out with us. It's yes. great to be back. It's great to have the season back. I'm, you have it written right there, sunsjamsterdam.com. You yes. want to tell everyone a little bit about sunsjamsterdam.com before we get out of here? You want to yeah, so if you go to the Jamsters in this new experience we have? Yeah, it's a lot. Honestly, if you go to sunsjamsterdam.com, everything is there to explain. But if you want a welcome kit to move in, 
Um, it's basically a world that we can build, we can create your creativity. So basically on this pod, we use your creativity for everything. Like behind me at Suns Illustrated, like these these artists that are out there that create Sun stuff, I use it behind me, but I'm like, why don't we just do like create a whole city where everyone can contribute from music to movies to art to everything? So if you go to sunsjamsterdam.com, you can move in. It seems really weird and kind of different, maybe, but go ahead and check it out. If you're interested in what you see on there, go ahead and email sunsjamsterdam at gmail.com. And then I'll send you a welcome kit. And uh you can That's move right. in. You move in, we build a whole town this whole season. You do whatever you want there, but it's not a video game. I do everything. I create everything. So you have your say, though. So you guys build this town yourselves. I just create whatever the hell you want me to do. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you this. It's literally like the jam- Sun's Jam session is going into the metaverse. That's what's happening. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. So eventually on, it will be right. On that note, Jamsters, we're going to see you Friday night after the Suns play the Portland Trailblazers. Again, Suns win tonight over the Mavericks 107 105. They are 1 0 on the season. Uh, fantastic. Cheers. I'm just, I'm super happy. So yeah, I'm super happy. And uh, go home and love your family in Jamsterdam, baby. Okay. There's a whole family I can have there. I got to <laughs>